Good morning. Here we... No, no, we're done with that. There's no more here we, you know. It is time to skip the BS. Time for undisputed. Time for me to get my mind off my Dallas Cowboys collapse by talking about an even bigger mess, if possible, the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost their wildcard playoff game last night at Tampa, 32 to nine, a score that could have been much worse. Cry, Eagles, cry. Why, Eagles, why? You know, at times last night, it looked like the Eagles even just flat out quit, like one, two, three, Cancun. You know, at least my Cowboys just got their asses kicked by a hotter, better coach team with a better quarterback, but at least we kept fighting. <laughs> Incredibly, the Philadelphia Eagles were 10-1 and on November 26th. Think about that. Then they lost six of their last seven, and they almost blew that one game they did win at the Giants. So before I unleash, let me ask Keyshawn Johnson and Richard Sherman for their opinions. Richard will join us in just a couple of minutes here. But Keyshawn, I'm going to start with you. What in the name of Rocky Balboa happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? How did they go from 10 and 1 to 11 and 7? Well, first, they, you, you start off by they fell apart, right? Yep. You, you, you talked about 10 and 1 in the month of November, then 6 and 7 on the losing side, down the stretch, six or seven. But then bad coaching decisions. Let's not look at, okay, so we, we start with the coaching. Decision-making. You, you take Sean Desai and you say, oh, well, I'm going to, as you call him, Mr. Pencil. Coach Pencil. Yeah. Co- Coach Pencil, yeah. in the middle of the season, Matt Patricia is going to take over the defense mm-hmm. because we're not getting what we need out of defense a year ago that we were getting with Gannon as our defensive coordinator. You don't know what you're doing. Yep. Even though I didn't allow or the organization didn't allow you to bring in some of your people that could teach what you want to do True. from a defensive side, they said, no, let's stick with what we already have. Yep. So you start there. Then you try and plug in some holes with some players via trade, signing free agencies. You bring in Shaq Leonard. That didn't obviously go as well as planned, yep. but that's toward the end of the year. Kevin Bayard, you bring him in, it didn't necessarily get – you didn't get what you wanted out of him this season, yep. not to say moving forward, that you won't. Now you start to think about it and you look at it. I believe they stopped listening to Nick Sirianni, meaning the players – I agree with Stopped that. I, paying attention you. to his – Coaching style. Tuned him out. You know, kind of like just tuned him Mm -hmm. out and said, you know what, we're going to try to do this because you have me operating differently at Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position than I was a year ago. And so now when you start to look at those sort of things, it's one big pot. The coaching staff, the players responding to the coaching staff, and Nick Sirianni making changes in the middle of the year that he probably shouldn't have made. What you do then on the defensive side is you let him make the necessary adjustments that he needs to make as a defensive coordinator and see how that goes. Not all of a sudden throw in the towel on him in the middle. of You might as well just fire the dude. You don't demote somebody and keep them on staff. I'd never heard of that before. You never heard it, and it never works. Yeah, Demoting a guy while he's still on staff, it it just never works. Firing him and hiring somebody else? That may work, but when you have him on staff, the defense is they're like, well, wait a minute. I learned all this under my defensive coordinator last year. Now, all of a sudden, I'm learning something different with Sean. Now, Matt Patricia's teaching me something different. So in a matter of about 11 months, 
I got three def different defenses in my damn mind. I don't know which call is which. I'm trying to learn. I, it, it sounds similar to what Gannon did. Mm -hmm. Oh, now Matt Patricia's telling me to do this. It's a lot of confusion going on in Philadelphia. On top of that, the Philadelphia fans, the faithful, as you know, they're passionate oh. about their sports. I, I and, believe the most passionate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A little rude, but I like it. Mm -hmm. A little rude, but I like it. Mm. If they get loud, all of a sudden, you got Jeff Lurie, the, the, the owner of the team, having to listen to that. They pay attention to the fan base in Philadelphia sports. Philadelphia sports fans have a lot of say. Those sports talk radio shows. WIP. Yep. I, I don't know, the, yeah. but I just know those shows. Yeah. They speak loudly and even louder, mm -hmm. and that resonates with the owner. He As we are attention. speaking, they are speaking loudly. Loudly. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. going crazy right now. And so players hear that too. Yep. So now the players respond to that by, okay, my coach may be gone. Even though they, even though they may not publicly say it, they feel it. Mm. And then when you feel things like that, you kind of just be like, damn, what are we going to do? Mm. And as things fall apart, now you got to give a lot of credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if this is just about last night. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and, and Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Godwin and company, they came to play. Defensively, they had no answers for the pressure, okay? They knew exactly. Ty Bowles said, okay, Jalen Hurts has struggled here with blitzes. He can't get rid of the football fast enough. Mm -hmm. All we got to do in pressure situations is bring the house. And they did it on a number of occasions, mm -hmm. and you can see where – Philadelphia guys, now Devontae Smith certainly tried his best, but he was out there basically as a long ranger in the passing game. Yep. And, and this is what happened. You get sent home with an L. Do you? Quick thought on Matt Patricia. He should drop to his knees every night before he goes to sleep and thank God for Bill Belichick because if he had not coached as Coach Pencil under Belichick, I, I don't know what would have become of him. But he, I originally had that. In my comment, in my mind, but I was like, ah, I ain't even going to bring it up. Okay, it's well, just, we'll just but, but what has he ever actually done? Because Belichick coordinates the defense. He or his son, were the, especially in the Coach Pencil days, Bill's calling defenses. He, he's the strategist. It's all him. It's, yeah, it just, of course. He, he is obviously, you can make a case, he's the greatest defensive mind ever. We're about to talk about him getting a head, another head coaching job in a few minutes here on the show. But all of a sudden, Matt Patricia bounces and bounces, and you see what's happened with Dan Campbell after the train wreck that was the Matt Patricia it's Lions. interesting, right? Yeah. That Matt yeah. Patricia was in Detroit. Yep. And now Detroit is looking Look at, at him now. A second home game. It's interesting yeah. in a couple yeah. years. Yeah, okay. Now back to the Eagles. To continue my Cowboy theme, we were clearly a product of their collapse because they had us dead to rights, man. When they're 10 to 1, you, you guys are all telling me you're done in the division because we were done unless they were done. And all of a sudden, right on schedule, they fell on their face masks. Okay, so allow me to do this. You guys were all over me yesterday telling me you told me so. You told me so. You made a special trip into the show yesterday to tell me show, so and tell Michael Irvin so. And Richard Sherman's all over me yesterday. You told me so. You told me so. Okay, I got it. Now, allow me a turn here because I told you so about the Eagles' defense from day one of this show this year. I told you it was way overrated because I thought it was overrated down the stretch last year. 
And if Brock Purdy had not gotten hurt on the first series of the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, I do not believe the Eagles would have advanced to the Super Bowl. And they played that. That, that may be okay. true. Yeah, and, and they played great in the Super Bowl, and Jalen played great. That was their apex. That that was the best you'll ever see of Nick Sirianni's Philadelphia Eagles was during that Super Bowl last year. And if Jalen doesn't lose the football, I don't know what he was doing. He just lost his mind for a second in the scoop and score. If you if you eliminate that play, a very uncharacteristic mistake by Jalen. They just might win the game because Mahomes was having a hard time in the game. He threw for 182 against a defense that I thought was very torturable and was torturable all year. Okay, so as they rose to 10-1, and one, I sat right here and told you and Richard, I don't believe in them. I don't trust their defense because even the, the last four games that they did win, remember, they trailed at halftime and they got outgained in all four of those wins. And they were living on the edge, on borrowed time, edge of the cliff. And Jalen kept saving them. But Jalen does tend to get beat up as the season wears on because it wears on him hard. Because he does run with the football. He will try to run through some people. He will take a lot of shots. And I thought down the stretch this year, he would just beat all to hell. And then last night he had the middle finger that was jerked out of socket. And he had his knee and Troy Aikman was last night on telecast was speculating that something's going on with his knee that's much worse than he was letting on. And maybe now that it's over, one, two, three, Cancun, maybe he'll get it cleaned up. Well, he, he just might because he did not look himself last night. I didn't think he looked himself for quite a while. So if you lose the, the essence of your playmaker, your, your leader and your playmaker, the guy that you trust to save you, if he can't save you enough on offense, and then last night, of course, if you lose A.J. Brown, you, you're going to have big offensive issues. And guess what they were? They went 0 for 9 on third down last night. 0 for 9? They went 0 for 2 on fourth down. So, Keyshawn, they go 0 for 11, 0 for 11 on all the crucial downs, the third and fourth downs of the game. But what do you think the score is going to be? It should have been worse than 32 to 9, but Baker's receivers dropped five passes in the first half when it looked like they were home for the holiday. You I, know, thought, I, like, thought, I thought it was, again, I thought it was yeah. coaching mistakes. You mentioned yeah. 0 for 9 on fourth down. Well, part of it contributed. Third and fourth, yeah. Third and fourth mm-hmm. down. Part of that uh, contributions to that is not kicking the field goal. Take yeah. the three. Yeah. You, you are, you, it's hard. I understand 12 minutes left in the game. You decide fourth and five, we don't have a shot. That's not true. You got a whole quarter yeah. to make up the difference. If you kick the field goal it put three points on the board, you now face, I mean, you force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this is a Nick Seriani coaching mistake, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You now force Tampa Bay to do something different yep. because they're looking at the score and they're saying to themselves, okay, well, they're only down by this much, so now we got to call the game differently. Mm-hmm. Opposed to that three being erased because you went for it on fourth and five, you have now shifted that momentum back to the, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they feel like, okay, we stopped them. We're rolling. Our defense is rolling. But I can guarantee you, if you put that three on the board mm. and that number is now 12 opposed to nine, the case. thought process is different on the sidelines. Okay. It just is. Okay, but I'm still going to tell you that the final tally of yardage last night, Tampa Bay rolled up 426 yards to only 276 for Philadelphia. Yeah. So you can just see the yardage screams wipe out, blow out. That, that, right? that, that may be true, Skip, 
But if you are coaching a certain way mm. and you're putting points on the board in the playoffs, you cannot afford to not put points on the board. OK, you, you put those points on the board. The coaching staff in Tampa Bay and Ty Bowles and them are thinking different. Yeah, they just are. Now you flip the field because of the kickoff. Now you flip the field opposed to saying to yourself, OK, if we stop them here while we're backed up at the, I don't know, the 30 yard line, 20 yard line, they're going to punt the ball. We're going to get the football at the, yeah. you know, 40 opposed to kicking off mm -hmm. and getting it pinned down deep into 25 where you got the football down at the 30 and three and out, you get the ball back midfield, you ain't cooking business. Okay. But they All didn't right. think that way. Okay, but in the end, you're stuck with a defense that fell all the way to 30th in the NFL in points allowed. That's horrendous. You, you're not going anywhere with a defense that okay. gives up the 30th most points. And they were 31st. Unless you're scoring 50 a game. Yeah, you better. And, and Jalen's not that guy. He's yeah. not a 50-point scorer. He can make key plays, but he can't go Mahomes on you or Josh Allen on you, right? Okay, so they were 31st in stopping opponents' third-down conversions. Well, that, that's a recipe for disaster. And I kept hearing about big plays, play, and Bradbury. You know, they can't cover anybody. They don't, I don't cover know what anybody. Happened to him. Last year, the both of them, I believe, I, made all pro uh, Pro Bowls Pro or whatever the case yeah, is. You know, I, I just, I watch, and they don't cover anybody. I see people running free everywhere. And then you guys were all over me. They added Kevin Byard. Well, he used course, to be he used to be Kevin Byard, but there was a reason that Tennessee said, you know what, we're, we're out. Well, Tennessee, first of all, they need a coach. Yeah. So, and I like Vrabel, but they need a coach. So right. moving on from A.J. Brown and moving on from him, they've made some personnel yeah. mistakes along the but way. Kevin Byard did not change life in Philadelphia. Well, he it's, didn't change it at the level that they probably hoped and thought when they yeah. acquired him. All right, and then there was Shaq Leonard, and you guys are all over me, but Dallas should have signed him, and maybe I we should have. I still believe okay. Dallas should have signed all right. him. All right, I just think that Indy said he's washed. He's gone through two back surgeries, and he's not remotely what he used to be because he was a healthy scratch in, in the last game that he played for Indy, quote-unquote. So my point is, I just didn't see how he was going to change life, and he didn't change their life in Philadelphia. Well, they got more issues. Okay. They, they got right. Fletcher Cox is old. I yeah. mean, you, that, they, they got more issues okay. than Shaq they, Leonard. That going into the year, you looked at them on paper, but they can't play to paper because they're older. Yeah. They're, they're not what they used to be. And also, there, there's something about the Super Bowl loser syndrome that just wears you out mentally, where it's hard to get back. It's hard to get going again. You didn't lose the Super Bowl. But, but it just seems like year after year, the team that gets right to the precipice and then gets left at the altar, it, it can't dredge it back up because they think, God, it took so, it was so hard to get there. Yeah. Now we got to try to get there again so we can actually win the thing this time. And it, it's, it's too much. The, the tension just builds all year. Like, can, can we get back? Can we get back? Because your fandom expects you to get back and you're, you're not good enough to get back a second time around. And then, well, when you're successful, right. Skip, things start to happen in the offseason. You lose coaches. You do. You lose players. And obviously, and they lost both their coordinators. Yeah, you lose okay. two coordinators. Right. So that that's okay. a that's a big miss. It was, it was a big miss and a big loss. All right. And then they go and get Julio, and you said, "Well, well, you guys could have used Julio." He's just at the end, and he got rocked last night. I don't know what happened, but he, it, it, he took a shoulder feel, shot. Didn't feel good. It I didn't, felt bad for him. I know. I felt bad for him, but he, he was in concussion protocol and didn't really get hit. He, he just got rocked shoulder to shoulder, and he got smashed. No, he got hit pretty yeah, good he did. to be a big boy like that. But, look, 
he's an older player. He's an older this player. This was a plug for them at the third or fourth receiver spot. I yeah. don't fault them at all from, for acquiring him and signing him. I thought the Dallas Cowboys needed a big body. Ferguson finally started showing up for he them did. at the tight end position because before all they had was CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Cook eventually started to kind of come along at times, but you needed a big body presence, Actually, and that's when the tight end emerged. Michael Gallup showed up against Green Bay when it didn't matter. He had like 110 yards, but it, oh, did it, he? Yeah, but it oh, didn't I matter. didn't even notice. Well, that's touche. You got me. All right, and then finally, it was announced officially today, Jason Kelsey is finished. Yeah. God bless him. He had a great career. 13-year run. 13-year run, and, and he was at the top of his profession, and he was the driving force along with Jalen for the most unstoppable play I've ever seen in the history of your game. Yeah. The I, tush push. I've never seen anything like it. Until last night, it got stymied. Until last night, the Buccaneers figured out how to get a little lower than Jason Kelsey because they were getting people underneath him on that play. And they thwarted it. And I, I couldn't believe it because it, it actually sent a signal that the Buccaneers are, are they're here. They're, they're coming tonight. Well, you got a defensive-minded coach, and you saw the way their defense played, and I'm sure they studied every single uh, tush-push snap, every one. However many they, times they've run it over the last year or so, yeah. I'm sure Ty Bowles and company has studied it to a point where here's what's going to happen, here's what we need to do, and they did it. You know, they they – they did it. What can you say? If you let Jason and those two guards get up underneath you and get leverage on you and just lift you out of the hole, and Jalen is so strong, lower body, it was unstoppable because it wasn't just that you couldn't stop it. You couldn't stop it from getting three or four yards. Yeah, and, and, and they were able to do it. And, you know, it, it's at some point, though, you go to something so many times, you go to the well so many times, eventually yeah. somebody's going hey, to catch you. In this one. league, they will figure you out. They'll figure it, it out. It may take a while. So that's why you have to now have something to counter that. Yeah. yeah where, where was the, the pass potentially off of that or something along those lines? Okay. So Jason Kelsey was sort of part and parcel of, of this decline because he was winding down, and that, that, there are a lot of members of that team who had glorious pass who are winding down. It's an aging football team that looked on paper like at it the interior it, positions. Yeah, it is aging. It, it's just aging. All right. It so happens. It happens. And they lose six of their last seven. And all of a sudden, last year's Super Bowl coach, Nick Sirianni, is on the hottest of seats. It's about as hot as Mike McCarthy's seat. Well, you know, Philadelphia doesn't they don't mind moving on. They moved on from Andy Reid, who was Did there they? for many times. Right. And they hired Chip Kelly. They said to Chip Kelly, bye bye. Then Doug Peterson wanted their own. They, he won the Super Bowl for them. They said, you know what? This is the work for us. Move on. I'm not shocked or surprised that the noise is loud in Philadelphia. And Nick Sirianni is fielding questions about yeah. his potential job security. Yeah. Not and surprised at all. One thing about that owner in Philadelphia, Jeffrey Lurie, he will move on something. He, he will plunge. He will just say, nope, I've seen enough. Howie Roseman, their GM, nope, we've seen enough. And they, they are much quicker to act, maybe be, for better or for worse, than Jerry Jones is. Jerry will take his time. Jerry's not a plunger. But they've had more the, success recently than you have. Hey, yeah. Well, yeah. But they've been to three Super Bowls since Dallas' last Super Bowl? Yeah, right? Yeah. One with Andy, mm-hmm. one with Doug, mm-hmm. and one with Nick. That is correct. They've been to three. They've had much more success yeah, than so Jerry has had. So you can't argue that. No, I can't argue that. But year after year, I look at my team on paper, and I think my team is better than they are. 
and then they go. They they have had more success with yeah. their rosters than we have had with ours. True, but I still say. It, but I think they hired the right coaches, mm-hmm. and I was telling somebody this. It might have been Michael. I just think that they hired the right coaches, where the Dallas Cowboys coaches that they've hired in the past, except Big Bill, everybody else is kind of just guys, right? Well, Meaning personality-wise. Well, you can Wade argue Phillips, they're... great personality, yeah. but not a in-your-face, demanding coach. Then they stuck with Jason Garrett again. Uh, how do you do? How you doing? Shake your hand, guy. Kind of <laughs> guy. Correct. You know, yeah. nice Princeton. I went to mm-hmm. Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. I know him and, well. And now yep. you look at the situation in Mike McCarthy, who is not, you know, he just... I don't know. He's just a different personality. He's just a guy. I think me. the Cowboys, and we'll talk about this, if they're going to make a change, they've got to get a stern person in there that's not going to stand mm-hmm. and put up with Jerry or the players. That's yep. what I believe. Okay. Does Philly need the same guy? Because Nick Sirianni seems like a really nice, happy-go-lucky guy who loves his players. All he wanted to talk about last night is they're hurting in that locker room. I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about them. Yeah, but but – you 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 got to look at the coaching staff and the personality that fits that particular region. Does he fit the Philadelphia Eagle fan base? Andy Reid he 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 felt yeah. like to me he was perfect for Philadelphia. Then Doug, I don't know what happened with Doug in the front office or whatever, but Doug understood the fabric of Philadelphia. Yeah. So it made perfect sense. I, I don't necessarily. It, it feels like to me Nick puts on an act to fall in line uh, I think so with the too. personalities yeah. of Philadelphia opposed to authentic. Yeah. All right, sum it up. Bigger mess, Cowboys or Eagles right now? Bigger mess? Yeah. Cowboys. Cowboys, bigger mess. Yeah, Cowboys, bigger mess. Cowboys got Eagles. younger talent than the Eagles. But the, but the Eagles aren't a big mess because they, they are in a reset mode where the Cowboys are not in a reset mode. Yeah. But it's a mess because you got your – well, we'll get into it. I don't want to give it all away. All right. Speaking of that, Jerry Jones, why haven't you fired Mike McCarthy yet? I'm waiting. The clock is ticking. We discuss next. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations, or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. 
That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Okay, now Richard Sherman is about to join us. And as far as I know, Mike McCarthy is still unfortunately employed by Jerry Jones. As I tweeted last night, Jerry, what are you waiting for? So, Keyshawn, start us on this one, please. Do you believe Jerry will fire McCarthy? Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be if there's not already so many different options that's out there, Skip, to replace him. But what's the rush right now? There is no, there's, there's no rush, right? Yeah. Your scouter, scouting department is in place. Will Clay is in place. Everything is in place. Now... You have to take that, I don't know, what do you want to call it, 48-hour, 72-hour cooling-off period, whatever it is, to make a decision, not just rush to judgment on Mike McCarthy. But what I would say is, in the end, something's got to change. Now you say, okay, well, we're going to lose Dan Quinn. You'll probably lose Dan Quinn. He's been requested uh, in terms of all these different teams, the Panthers, Mm -hmm. Commanders, Seahawks, Chargers, so there's some options out there for him because what he's going to do is he's going to interview extremely well. Oh, I love Bryce Young. With my defense, we can really do some things offensively with Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Sam Howell. I think I've seen him twice every year in this, in this division. You're I think correct. I can do some things. Ah, I, don't, I love Seattle. Man, those corners are tall. Mm-hmm. Remember I had that Richard Sherman and that Browner guy? Oh, yep. my God, it reminds me of it. So he's going to sell it. Mm-hmm. So now you in trouble there. So now if you're in trouble with Dan Quinn, now you got to have a a head coach hire another defensive coordinator that you don't really know because he hired Mike Nolan first time around, and they had to get rid of him and be forced to get rid of him to bring in Dan Quinn. Unless you want to hire Bill Belichick to coach the defense and the the football team. Well, Bill Belichick, as we start to talk about options, Richard, Bill Belichick is certainly an option. Mm. But there are other people. Like a Mike Tomlin, wouldn't that be something? If he becomes available, where all of a sudden, Mike Tomlin, who doesn't want full control, just a conversation. That conversation is had with Steven and Will Clay and Jerry to a degree Mm -hmm. about players and things of that nature. So that becomes interesting in Dallas. Mike Tomlin, would I rather have Mike Tomlin over my good friend Bill Belichick in this situation? Probably so, Mm -hmm. because I got a longer runway with a 51-year-old coach opposed yeah. to a 72-year-old coach, I don't have to go looking for another coach in three years or four years. So I look at it from that standpoint. So there's a lot of options. I don't think Jerry needs to be in a rush to okay, do so anything Okay, so before right we now. hand off to Richard, do you think he will fire Mike McCarthy at some point? <laughs> Gut feeling. I, I do. Gut okay. feeling, I think he All will, right. what do they call it, relinquish Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. of his head coaching okay. duties? All right. <laughs> go, Richard. Well, Skip, I, I, <clears throat> I don't know because it's already passed <clears throat> the amount of time that I would have expected yep. Jerry to have made the decision because I Jerry, it, it seemed like he was emotional after the game. He was. And he was going to just clean house and, and I want to dismiss everybody and, and all this. And so I'm very surprised and impressed with what Jerry has done. He's taking the time to decompress to let the emotions wear off, to, to let everything cool down. And I think what he's considering and why, why it's taking so long is because 
He's sitting back and looking at it, trying to look at it objectively. Hey, he's had 36 wins over the last three years. Can we do worse than that? Probably. Can we do better than that? Unlikely. Uh, he's got Dak Prescott playing at an MVP level, had him at an MVP level majority of this season. Can we get him some help um, in terms of a personnel? Perhaps. Can we get, do some things defensively? Perhaps. And I think he's seen, hey, and he's hearing, things may be able to get worse if we move on from McCarthy, and I may find myself taking steps back before we take steps forward. And you talk about up there in age, Jerry's up there in age, and he doesn't have time to wait for a rebuild and, and to, to recalibrate and another coordinator to figure Dak out and figure out how to, how to best use Dak and to best use C.D. Lamb. Right now, McCarthy has them playing at peak optimum efficiency. Uh, C.D. Lamb is at his best. Dak Prescott is at his best. You need, a, you need another running back, a full-time back that, can, that can, can be both a battering ram, every down back, not just a third down back that you thought, hey, well, we think Tony Pollard's going to be on every down back. He's not an every down back. He's a third down back. He's a, he's a change-up back. He's not an every down back. And so I think this is a good decision to wait by Jerry. And, and I also think the longer he waits, the more chance he has of keeping McCarthy because you're letting everybody else interview. You're letting everybody else pick these head coaches and, and, and poach these head coaches so clearly you're not sitting there pressed about time and about, hey, is Jim Harbaugh out there? Is, what, what is Bill Belichick doing? You're saying we may still have our guy. And I think Wink Martindale, the D.C., you've gone against him a few times, would be Dan Quinn's replacement if you kept the same staff. I don't think they go back and reset it, Skip. Mm. Yeah, that would be that would be, you know, when you. I understand everything you're saying, Richard, about the timing. There is no, there is no uh, blow it up and start all over again. They, they, they got three main cogs on this entire team that I know of. The quarterback, the receiver, and the pass rushing specialist in Michael Parsons. Those three dudes ain't going nowhere, okay? <laughs> and, and so when you start to look at it, Skip, and you say to yourself, there are coaches that are out there that can take them to the next level to give them that discipline that they so badly need in situations. As you look at their last several games, the penalties, crazy. The late penalties, this, that, and the other. The Dallas Cowboys' success, as I said to you before, Skip, the coaches that had the success with the Dallas Cowboys or what we look at as success were stern guys. All the way back to the, the, the Cowboy hat wearing Tom Landry. Then you look at what the success they Fedora, not Cowboy hat. Oh, Fedora. Yep, my bad. Uh, he, he, he wouldn't be in a cowboy. <laughs> He's the last guy. Fedora. Yeah. But then you look at Jimmy Johnson. Mm. And then you look at Coach Parcells. Yeah. But then you look at all the nicer guys that didn't. They're, they're called puppets. Well, I don't want to call, I don't wanna call I them puppets. I, I call, call them, them nicer puppets. guys yeah. that just coach differently yeah. than those guys that you say, hey, Bill didn't win a, a, a Super Bowl there, but he turned the program an organization around to where they were heading in the right direction. Where Wade Phillips, great coach, but everything was a country club. Mm -hmm. Okay? Jason Garrett, same as Wade Phillips. It was mm -hmm. country club. Mm -hmm. Now Mike McCarthy doesn't seem like that he has that stern ability to check somebody when they need to be put in, the, in line and mm -hmm. check. That's mm -hmm. what I think the Cowboys may need as a head coach moving forward. 
Okay, I need a seatbelt over here before I unleash on both of you because you both do hate my team because you hate me loving my team or Michael loving our team. And you don't want to see us succeed. You want us to stay right there in Mediocreville, which is where we are. The truth is we are stuck in Mediocreville with our coach and our quarterback. But now to Richard's point about Jerry Jones. You are right, Richard. It struck me right between the eyes last night when I read a quote from Jordan Lewis, our slot corner, who had walked out of the last meeting of this year in which Jerry Jones had delivered an exit speech to the team. And Jordan told the reporters that Jerry talked about how I don't have that many years left. And he's talking about on this this earth because he is getting up there in age and his window is literally closing on his lifespan in Jerry's eyes. I'm not sure he should be thinking that way, but that's what he's thinking. And yeah. Okay. So the point is, I mean, I don't know. He could live to 105 for all I know, but the the point is that Jerry's looking at it. Like I, I got a really good football team here and we did go 12 and five for a third straight year. And, my my building is my arenas my stadium is packed we're still by far the most popular team and the biggest draw in all of football it is the most valuable team in all the world so why should i start over i love mike mccarthy i'm talking for jerry because jerry loves guys that he can sit with on friday late afternoon and have a couple of beers and some nachos and Mike McCarthy fills that bill because he's a decent guy to be around and he laughs at Jerry's jokes and, and the, the, the players all love Mike McCarthy and they're all raving about him because he's nice to them. He doesn't turn up the heat on anybody. There's no urgency. There's no whip cracking. There, there's no disciplinarian. There's no focus on relentless details, which is why this team was the most penalized team in all the land last year. Led the NFL in penalties. Well, you're speaking exactly what I said. I know, I know. I got it. But that's why I first guessed this from the start of this year, heck, from the start of last year. This guy's a bump on a log to me. He is the worst motivational speaker for a head coach I have ever seen. I got to see it up close and personal on Hard Knocks. And I've been around a whole lot of football coaches, more than you guys probably combined. And I have never seen anybody with less motivational gift than Mike McCarthy. So it's clear to me that it's hard for this team to come out ready to play, especially when they run into a young buzzsaw like the Green Bay Packers. And I look up in a playoff game at home when the Eagles have gifted you the division, gifted you the two seed, And you can play two home games to get to your first NFC championship game in 28 years. And by the way, no team in the history of the National Football League has ever gone 12 and five, three straight years and not made it to an NFC championship game except my team. Because we are coached by a bump on a log who has great rapport and chemistry. I give you that with Dak Prescott, and they made magic together because they led the league in points scored. And my defense led the league in pressuring the quarterback until it was time. My defense was one of the top takeaway defenses in football until it was time down the stretch when we faded into oblivion. Our pass rusher that you spoke of had his worst pass rushing game of his career against Green Bay. 
He had one pressure in the game. He did have he generated a couple of holding calls. I'll give you that. But statistically, it was the worst game of his career. So where's the motivation? I, I'm not even sure Dan Quinn. I, I, yep. I thought he was sort of the unofficial head coach of the team, but his yep. defense faded to oblivion down the stretch. I can just show you. They effectively lost four of their last five games. They're too talented. If you lead the, the all-pro team voted on by the players in all pros, when you have the most, and you come out and you're down 27 to nothing before halftime. Didn't you feel good? Yeah, he made it. it. Skip. Yeah. Yeah. 27 yeah, to nothing, Richard. Did you forget about that? It was 27 to nothing before halftime. Skip. It's fireable. It's unacceptable. Skip. 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 You're the reason. You're the reason why your team will be mediocrity. If you're, if they went by your decisions, they'd never win another Super Bowl in the you history of the franchise. You know and what? I bet My team would have won five Super Bowls if I ran that team. Because I'm smarter than Jerry. They would have never is. won a Super Bowl. I am. I am. They, I'm they smarter. Never won a, well, see, here, they would have never here's won anything. See, Stop it. I think, and Richard, go back to, to what you were saying before about Jerry just taking his time. They just played on Sunday. Today is only Tuesday. He's not going to do a knee-jerk right. reaction yeah, in 24-hour period. There are times when you just say, okay. No, no, but usually you, can't, you, can't, you can't do that, though. Okay, you can't just remember, just, the musical chairs are going as we yes, see. Yes, and, 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 and for and, all we know, which Jerry is a very quiet guy when it comes to hiring coaches, nobody is more quiet than him, mm-hmm. okay? For all we know. He done already visited with many different people yep. in an airplane hangar with nobody. No, we don't it's, know this. It's possible. That's just, it, it is possible. You know how he what operates. I, I know. I agree. What, what I'll say is, what I'll say is to, to both of you guys' point, I keep hearing you just say random phrases like discipline. Like discipline, discipline. Mm-hmm. They need more discipline. Bring I'd somebody discipline. We need discipline. a whole lot more. It's not that, random. That, it's specific. I, I, hear, the discipline yeah, note, I, I uh, hear what you're saying. Richard, they led the league in penalties. Football. What are you talking about? And they, are, random they were the two seed. They were the two seed. They were the two seed. They led uh, the league in scoring. Like, Skip, be quiet. Uh, Please. One uh, second. Like, they, they, there are, are teams at the bottom of the league that, that didn't have penalties, Skip. And they won four games, and they're they're picking top five in the in the draft. So that's not the all encompassing. Oh, if you don't get penalties, you'll win the game. That's not it. They have a great coordinator. They they win. They did well on offense. You score points. You can win in this league. You're saying, hey, discipline. Well, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots had a lot of discipline. They won what five games. Well, they, take your Richard, discipline didn't have and win five they games. Have, they didn't have a play. I don't care. Oh, I don't care. But you got to care, they, 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 they have consistently. You can't be dismissive They have consistently not won games. But you can't be no, dismissive No, I'm not dismissive of everything. I'm saying, I'm saying, hey, you saying discipline. Like, hey, yeah, that's the one talking, component look, that's going to take them over the but top. What I've, what I've known. He hired okay. Matt Patricia but, as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but This is a guy that is. Rich, we not, I'm not. Just saying, Bill Belichick, and when you hear discipline, and as long as it's a short amount of time that I've been working with you, one of the two things that I've noticed, you can't stand the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. That's okay, though. I understand. Wasn't your fault that they won that Super Bowl. I get it. You had nothing to do with it. You did your job. I understand. But secondly, when we talk discipline, we're not talking about this, this old school mentality that you, for some reason, think, blow the whistle. Rah! No, not that. 
Me. That's what it sounds like Skip is saying. This is why I'm trying to explain to you, my brother, if you allow me to. We're just talking about attention to detail. Mm. Because the guy you had in Seattle for about six or seven years, attention to detail. He wasn't a screamer and a yeller. Mm. Attention to detail. Mm. When you make a mistake, Richard, he walks over to you. He says, hey, use this arm. Use this arm. Look at his hips when you're trailing. That's called discipline. When we say, hey, Micah, don't, when you get to the quarterback, don't jump after the third step and hit him in the head and get a 15-yard penalty. That's discipline. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about running dudes on gassers. This is not the Oklahoma drill in 1965. Mm. That's not what we're saying. We're saying attention to detail where you don't get penalties. You don't have false starts. You don't have clock management issues throughout the course of the season. That's, you don't start throwing the football when you should be running it late in the game so that the clock can keep running and there's no clock stoppage to give a team a hope and a prayer to get back in it. That's what we're talking about. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Mm. And that's and I and I and I respect that, Keith. That's what I think, Keith, that's what you're talking about. What Skip keeps alluding to is these old, old coaches for no, the Cowboys. No, he's saying the same thing. Exactly. He's saying the same thing. I, 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 I can speak. Hey, okay. w- w- wait a second, okay. Richard. Discipline is ageless. It's always been the factor in winning football games. The more disciplined team so, will so, win more football games. I'm sorry. It so just it continues to be the you way think, you have you to think coach an football. Undisciplined, you think an undisciplined team went 12 and 5. You think an undisciplined team led yeah. the league in scoring. I yeah, hear what you're saying, so but it just don't add. It just doesn't. They're not that talented, Skip. They're not talented enough to be the most undisciplined team in the league and lead the league in scoring. Oh, they're undisciplined, but Dak threw for 36 touchdowns and led the league in touchdown passes. I hear what you're saying, but you're you're not making a great point. They went 12-5, and and they keep having 12-win 12-win seasons. 12-win season after 12-win season after 12-win season. I can't wait, Skip. I hope you switch coaches. I hope you switch coaches. Because I'll come back on this. I'll come back on this. And you'll go. You'll have eight wins. And I will destroy you. Every single second. And I'll give you no reply. Wait a second. Just the way you destroyed me about CeeDee Lamb is a fringy number one. Remember that? Your team is going home. Your team is at home. Watching from the stand. Skip, your team is watching from the stands. That's enough from you. Hey, Rich, let me ask you this, Shane. Your team, your team, your team is your team is going to Las Vegas, Skip. Yeah. Your team is going to Las Vegas. How about those Cowboys, Skip? How about them? Let me ask you this question, uh, Sharon. Never mind Bill Belichick. He took the Charger job. Let's just assume that. Or the (laughs) Panthers job. Or Washington, whatever. Mike Tomlin just became available. Thank you. Would you take Mike Tomlin? Mm. Or would you stay with Mike McCarthy? Mm. Ooh, Mike and Mike. That's would a you, great question. Would you, would you do that? Mm-hmm. Who's coming with Tomlin? I don't know. I don't care. Him. Him. Just him. him. Just you him. Gotta, would you, you, you take got, him? You got to care. You got to care. You got to care. I mean, most teams are taking. But for what Mike McCarthy has done for this offense, I don't you, know if but, you do. But you, okay. Okay. I'll take because it. where are you going? Where are you going? Three consecutive 12-win seasons. Where do you think you're going? Where, where you, do you you're think you're going to get, off? You're trying to get because over if the, you regress. You're trying to get over the hump. 
Damn the numbers on offense. They had numbers on offense with with uh, what's Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore calling plays. Yeah. Forget the offense and the numbers. All I'm saying is we're okay. trying to get over the hump. Okay. We want to get over the hump. Okay. We're 12 and five every year. Right. We're 10 and seven. Whatever that number is, I need to get over the hump. I need to get in a position in the NFC Championship game. What did we start out the season saying? We said that if Mike McCarthy did not at least make the NFC Championship game, he probably was going to get fired. Mm. How has that changed from the beginning of the season to where we are today? Nothing's changed except mm. they didn't make the divisional round. Mm. They didn't even get to the divisional Look. round. So if that still stands I, I true. I got no qualms. If that still stands true, Richard, I, at the start of the season to where we are now, how does it change? Mm. Why all of a sudden the I, feelings I no are qualms. different? Do do what you want to do, but just understand this. When they do it, I'm not going to give a break and be like, oh, no, I'm not going to remember what Skip said before. Skip, I'm going to bring this back up, and then I'm going to double down and triple down and triple yeah. down. What time do the Cowboys play next week, Skip? Thank you. What time? Because then I'll we have be a dinner bell right on that. Here when do they play? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure. And, and I'm by sure the way, Richard, you missed the A block, unfortunately, in which I told you about the Eagles all year long. I told you the defense was so flawed and overrated, and you argued and argued, and you were wrong again. So, <sighs> on and to you, the and you told me that you told me that the bingo place. You told me the Super Bowl arguing. was going to be Dallas and the Ravens. I said Where's the Ravens Dallas? will win the Super the Bowl, and I'm sticking with it. Where's Dallas? I got Ravens. You said Dallas was going to be in Las Vegas. They're going to be in the stands. Yeah. (laughs) D.D. Lamb. They're going to be in the stands. We got Mahomes and Josh Allen. They're going to be in the stands, too. Who you got in that game? That's going to be something. (laughs) When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place. Whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew. Ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Okay, enough of us for the moment. It's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go with the first tweet from Jacovia. 
Live look at Mike McCarthy coaching his next team. Skip and Michael, how do you like your <laughs> eggs? I think that's Waffle House. Yeah, it is. I think Mike will do better than Waffle House. Yeah, he'll do better than Waffle House. Okay. All right. All right. Number two is from Sherlock. I got four words for Jerry. Must be the money, Dion, from his music video. I don't know. I don't know. He's made it pretty clear he wants to stay in college football. Yeah, it'd probably be. Yeah, he'll be fine, right? Where is that? Yeah. (laughs) All right. And number three from Mr. Happy. Skip to Eagles fans after last night. If I can't be happy, no one can be happy. Thank you. That's exactly what happened last night. Oh, yeah. I, I was happier after last I, night. I take it you don't want to see your, your no. division rival go no. on in advance. No. There's nothing wrong with that. I saw Des Bryant who was talking bad, some stuff on social media <laughs> to fans and the whole deal, and talking to uh, Deshaun Jackson about them all being at home. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to business. Now the stage is set. Finally, Patrick Mahomes will have to play a road playoff game after 12 playoff home games and three, of course, neutral side Super Bowls. Fittingly and perfectly, this one is on the road at his arch rival, Josh Allen. Chiefs Bills on Saturday night in Buffalo, where the Bills took care of the Steelers last night, 31 to 16. Bills favored by two and a half over the Chiefs. Richard, which way are you leaning on this one? Until Josh Allen can slay the Patrick Mahomes beast in in the playoffs, I got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. He has beat him in the regular season. He's 3-1 versus Patrick Mahomes in the regular season, but he's 0-2 versus Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And there's only two people who have ever sent Patrick Mahomes home with a loss in the playoffs, and that's Tom Brady, who's done it twice, and Joe Burrow. Nobody else has done it. Nobody else. And, and by the way, outside of Super Bowls, this is Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. That's pretty insane. insane. But I just, you know, this defense that they have, uh, Legereus Sneed, he'll be on Stephon Diggs. I think they have the pieces. I just know anytime I bet against Kansas City in a game like this, Patrick Mahomes goes and, and, and the game's close at the end. He takes over. Um Rashi Rice, Pacheco, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, everybody turns it up a notch, and you look up, and they're somehow winning the game, and they're in the AFC Championship again. So until Josh Allen shows me and proves to me, hey, I can go to the playoffs, and I can beat Patrick Mahomes, and I can keep going, I got to go with Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. You know, it's certainly special to watch Josh Allen play uh, this past weekend against Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he just... It's just a different animal out there on the field. But that was Pittsburgh. It was a different situation. They didn't have a whole lot, although they was fighting, trying hard. And, and we obviously saw the final results of that game. But like Richard said, when you look at it, for whatever reason, I have Kansas City going into Buffalo, a place that has not been the greatest home field advantage to Buffalo no. in the past. If you, if you just look at Denver, went in there this year and won. Okay, Cincinnati went in there last year and won in a playoff game. So when you start to really break it down, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, first time on the road in the playoffs, 2-0, as Richard said, against in the postseason, against Josh Allen, 3-3 lifetime. 
Okay, most of the games except one game has been in Arrowhead. Now, all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes goes to Buffalo in a hostile environment. I'm sure the weather will be crazy. All of those sort of things. But something tells me that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Kelsey and company, they just know how to win games. Remember, they played earlier this year. It was 20-17. I think that was the score, 20-17 in week 14 this season. Buffalo beat them. But it was only 20-17. to 17. It wasn't 40-17. to 17. So when I look at that and Buffalo's defense, they lost a couple other a couple players they in did. the Pittsburgh game. They did. So that defense is steadily falling apart, just continuously falling apart every time you look up. I just – I know it'll be a close game. I just have Kansas City, for whatever reason, in the AFC Championship game. Now, whether or not – that championship game will be in Arrowhead, depending on what Houston does yeah. in Baltimore. I just got them being an AFC championship mm. game. You giving Houston a shot? Man, Man. I, every time you say, I'm picking Baltimore no. to go to the Super Bowl. Every time. But every time you say, ah, you know, he's young and C.J. Stroud. Well, and we all said Cleveland would win down in Houston. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So we're like, eh, Jordan Love, right. he's young. But, and they just go out there. And do it, I Baker Mayfield, he's this, he's that. He's going to Detroit. Uh-huh. Jared Goff, well, he'll give him three. Yeah. Well, he's got another game. So I'm just going to say this. I wouldn't be shocked or surprised yeah. if Houston put up a good fight. Mm. Okay. Back to Mahomes. Back to Josh Allen. I am leaning on this day on Tuesday toward Josh Allen finally breaking through in a game that That's really you matters. That's like Patrick Mahomes, though. Well, I... <laughs> I, I just think I've never liked Josh Allen, and I got to give it up to him because ever since that Denver debacle, it was a night game. Was it a Monday or Sunday? I can't remember. Yeah, but it was, game. yeah, right. And ever since then, obviously, my team went up there, got bum rushed right off the field, mostly by James Cook, and Josh completed only seven passes of that game out of 15 attempts. But Josh is starting to win me over because it feels like he's growing up right before your very eyes and figuring out you, you cannot throw it to the other team and win at this level. You, you cannot do crazy things with the football and get it stripped and scooped and scored on you and win at this level. And I really like the way he played it was yesterday afternoon, but for us it was a night game. Because it, it felt like even against, there was no T.J. Watt, I got it, but it's a Mike Tomlin coach defense, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to make it hard on you. And Josh was really good in that game. And that 52-yard run, as he said, my teammates saw screaming, get down, get down, get down, and I kept running, and I, I ran all the way into the end zone. Well, he's capable because here it is. Be nice for them to tackle him. Try to tackle him. Mika Fitzpatrick, an all-pro, I mean, it'd be nice for you to hustle. Maybe. It'd be nice for you to hustle. I'm sure they'll be putting that on the film as they watch it. Okay, but he is 6'5", and he does weigh 250 pounds. That's fine. And he can run. But if I got my secondary standing around looking, I mean, I can walk in the end zone there. All right. Like, come on, man. All right. And then he, he can throw these rockets. He threw one to the guy who wanted Dallas to draft Dalton Kincaid. If we could see the 29-yarder to Kincaid, because it, it was Up the scene? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was sweet, man. Pinpoint yep. accuracy yep. in the cold. Yep. Look at that thing. Yeah. <laughs> a little flick of the wrist mm. and hits him right on the button. Stuck to them gloves. Yeah. Bam. 
Stuck to him. Okay. And then he made another play late in the third quarter that I thought was a big play. Because remember, Pittsburgh cut this to 24-17. to 17. This was a big play that got them to 24, but it was a third and nine – I'm sorry, third and eight play at the Pittsburgh 41 late in the third quarter. If we could see him, Josh rolled out, and you can say it's ill-advised, but this is what he does. And he got away with it because he sort of figured out how to do it. I'm thinking you better not throw that across your body back into the field to play, and he found his guy. But the great thing about that, yep. Skip, is he yep. threw it inside. He did. So away from the defender opposed to throwing it on his yeah. outside. Yeah. Uh, that is Mahomes-esque. You know, that, that there are few humans who can make that throw on the dead run like that back across your body. And he and Stefan looked like they were getting back on the same page last night. So the, the point is, to, to your point, they are decimated on defense. Obviously, they lost Matt Milano and Tredavious White, and then they lost two more DBs last night. And I don't I mean, know they how they lost a linebacker yeah, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they just keep it's next man up and next man up and next man. And I'm like, well, who's left on the roster? But I just like the way Josh Allen is playing right now. And as he said after the game. Nobody has better veteran leadership than they have in their locker room. I'll buy that. And they've been playing for their lives because I think they had a 5% chance of making the playoffs after they lost to Denver. And they've been playing playoff games now for like six weeks, right? And they just keep winning. Well, they, they, they do, games. Skip. But the thing is, is you talk, we talked about the defensive side of the ball, uh, losing players left to right, left to right, left to right. Kansas City's not losing players no. left to right, left to right. No. So Kansas City, for the most part, are coming in fully healthy. And I think that that is the key. And then Rasheed Rice, as you talked about, uh, Richard, has all of a sudden, it's, no. the lights aren't too bright. The no. stadium is not too big for no, him. He's really good. And he's starting to have a rapport, a pretty good rapport with Patrick Mahomes. So he's showing that he's not just a rookie wide receiver anymore. He's growing up. Anytime you can play the way he played in his first playoff game against Miami and dominate the way that he did in that fashion, now he has an opportunity to take that to Buffalo with a depleted secondary, depleted defense, and duplicate maybe possibly the same success. This is why I feel like Kansas City and Andy Reid and company just feel like they're going to go into Buffalo, which is not a hostile environment as much as you may have thought in the past that, hey, they're going to Buffalo. It's dark when you drive in. It's snow everywhere. It's one road with rocks in it. It's just, it's a totally. It's got different. rocks in it? I don't know. Well, yeah, all that. the road, the road got all the gravel and <laughs> salt and stuff they like that on the, on the road when you drive in. Like Potholes. They got it all. And, and you, you drive in and it's miserable <laughs> to you as a visiting team. Yep. But that's not the same as it used to be. And teams have gone up to Buffalo no. and won games in crucial situations. Yeah. And I'm going to give you this. Legereus Sneed. Go ahead, Richard. Go. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. Legereus Sneed is a hey. player. He should have been an all-pro. Hey, hey, I don't see anybody play corner better than he's playing it right now. I, do, I don't. Just eye tests. And he, yeah. every week, I just see him take somebody out of the game. So he will be on Stefan. I'm, no. I'm going to give you that. Go, Richard. No question. Yeah. He'll be on, and, and, and Shakir has tried to step it up, you know, and, and, and elevate himself. They're going to make it a Gabe Davis-Shakir game, so they're going to have to. But but let's not get too crazy about Josh Allen not turning the ball over. Pittsburgh was without T.J. Watt, their best player, um, and they and they still made the game semi-competitive. They were in it throughout the game with Mason Rudolph, their third quarterback this year, um, starting. 
Let's not get crazy. Against Miami, he still turned the ball over three times, which has been his Achilles heel. That was the last game he played against a, a competitive playoff team. And so I, I'm not sure he's gotten over that 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 turnover bug like that that you're saying, Skip, because until he proves it against a playoff team and he doesn't turn it over, if he goes into this game and doesn't turn the ball over against the Kansas City Chiefs, doesn't turn throw an interception or fumble the ball, then I'll give him credit to say, hey, Josh Allen, maybe you're turning the corner. Maybe you're figuring it out. But this defense was without their linchpin, their kingpin, and T.J. Watt. I didn't expect them to have the showing that they did. They, they played as well as they could have. That play Josh Allen had, it did look like a few loafs, but what I'm thinking the DBs were thinking was there was a similar play where Josh Allen slid yeah. earlier this year, and, and, and they, they hit him, and they got a late, late hit. And you always get a late hit when you're hitting these quarterbacks. And then he faked like he was going to slide, and he didn't slide at all, and he got up out of there, which is which is fine. It's it's it, they took it out of the college rules, you what, know. They what, made it they made it against the rules in college, what, what but not in the league. I'm not asking you to say it, but what is that called, Richard? Would you assume you make blankety blank blanks out of you know that one? The coach is saying you make a. I don't want you. To, I, you don't want you to, I don't want you to say it, but you know I got. <laughs> yeah, so I can't assume he's going to slide. I cannot assume whoever. Your question. I don't remember. Uh, there was a shallow cross that was run. And Josh Allen hit the shallow cross and they took it to the somebody took it to the house. I can't assume watching that secondary and everybody watching the guy run around instead of going to pursue. And then I hey look, I played offense, but I was on a hell of a defensive teams, whether it was with the New York Jets and our defense, or whether it was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl. When you loaf and you stand around and you watch, this is what happens, regardless of what may have happened no in question. the past. You got to put that behind you. That's all I'm pointing out. I'm just saying, hey, if you would have done point. this, maybe we wouldn't be sitting up here having conversations on whether or not Mike Tomlin is going to be in Pittsburgh in the future. We wouldn't be having that conversation. All right, so I got one last question. Are you guys sure that Mahomes has been Mahomes this year? I know they led the league in Dross, but is he really playing at the Mahomesian level that he used to? Certain guys, Skip, in this in yeah. leagues in general. Certain guys. Certain guys in leagues in general set a standard so high that you're going to always keep them there. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's LeBron, mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. So the moment it doesn't look like, oh, this is what Lamar Jackson did in 2019. And it looks different this year. Mm. The first thing you say is, "Wow, well, you got it's a different year. Okay. Everything is different. All right. It's a different year." So, why did you it, it, yeah. and, and for example, I mean, I mean, Tom Brady had one of the worst years of his career last year and threw for 46. He would have led the league in passing yards this year. You know, he would have been up there different amongst year. the league leaders in a lot of categories. And it, it's a different year. It's it's all that, but when with Mahomes and he's playoffs, skip He's up there with, with LeBron and Jordan and, and every great player because his resume says he rarely loses. Okay. So how dare both of you mention LeBron before you mention Jordan? How could you do that? Skip, blast stop. Me. We're going to get struck by lightning. <laughs> oh, God. You can't do it on this show. Stop. You cannot do it. All right. Speaking of Mike Tomlin, he walks out of his postgame interview last night over a question that we will discuss next. And what was up with that? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy.
As just discussed, the Steelers did hang in at Buffalo, cut it 24-17 mid-fourth quarter, lost 31-17 when Minka Fitzpatrick failed to wrap up Shakir, who got loose for that touchdown. I thought Mike Tomlin deserved Coach of the Year consideration for merely getting this Steelers team into the playoffs after going to Mason Rudolph, at quarterback. And, and when I predicted three weeks ago that the Steelers would make the playoffs, someone on this show scoffed at me. I, I don't know who it was. But Mike Tomlin now has an NFL record 17 consecutive non-losing seasons. Way to go. Yet, Adam Schefter has reported that Mike Tomlin might take a sort of a Sean Payton route, take a year off in the final year of the Steelers contract. And last night, as he was asked a question about the year remaining on his deal, Mike Tomlin surprisingly walked out of the interview in mid-question. Here it was. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. <laughs> so, Keyshawn, what did that tell you? It looked it looked like that was Omar Epps for a minute. I had to I had to stop and really look hard. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't want to talk about his contract. He just lost the game. Yeah, you know. And I understand the job of a, of a, a journalist reporter is to ask questions. That's a legit question. That's a legit. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I said. I understand yeah. that he understands but it's, that. It's legit if he doesn't want to talk. But about he doesn't it. want to yeah. talk yeah. about okay. it. And I'm sure. Before the game, at some point throughout the course of the week when when uh, he was available to the media, that question was probably answered, asked and answered multiple times. Here's what I would say, though. It's okay. It's okay if Mike Tomlin decided to part ways with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 17 years in one spot is a long time, man. You get It gets the message to a degree gets stale. To drive into the same workplace, it gets stale. Seeing the same people pass through the same hallways, waving at the strength, it gets stale. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's a hell of a coach. Think about it. Andy Reid spent 14 seasons in Philadelphia. Went to a Super Bowl. Didn't win it against the New England Patriots, but he went. Okay, he went to multiple (laughs) NFC Championship games. 14 years. And at some point, it was time to move on. He hit pay dirt. In Kansas City, in the rest of his history, he looks back at nothing now, right? And so when you look at Mike Tomlin and the success that he's had, he won a championship in 2008. He was an AFC championship game in 2010, I believe that is correct. And then when you talk about what you just said, Skip, about 17 seasons and not ever having a losing one, Mm -mm. there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. So I think if he becomes available and he may want to take a year off or – he may decide that maybe something is available for him, like the Dallas Cowboys or the Los Angeles Chargers or just something is there and available for him to still stay in coaching rather than just take a year off. Maybe that's the case. But you do get burned out, man. Yeah, but he does have a year left, so you would have they to trade figure, him. Yeah, they got to yeah, figure yeah, it out. Maybe, yeah. maybe the Rooney family, much like the Kraft family, decided to do what Belichick, who had a year left mm-hmm. on his contract, say, you know what, we're not going to use this as some sort of uh, prop to get uh, uh, draft picks or yeah. anything like that. He's done enough for us in the 17 years. Good. We would just allow him to go ahead and, and do something different. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of the way I see it. I'm, I'm happy for him. He was our defensive back coach in Tampa Bay. I know him very well, and, and I'm happy for him. And, and if he decides to, to, to take a step away, then you take a step away. I, I can go into many factors in decision-making on why they didn't 
necessarily win, and he's 0-5 in his last five playoff Playoff appearances. I could go into many things. They held on to Ben Roethlisberger way too long. They did. Way too long. You don't have a quarterback in this league. You know, you drafted Kenny Pickett. You signed Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. Like, you don't have a quarterback. You're not going to win. That's just the bottom line. You're not going to win enough games to get you to the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think 17 years, like you said, Key, is a very long time. Long time. I think he, he's been one of the most genuine, organic, uh, honest coaches, especially with the media his entire career, his yes. entire career as a head coach. And maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know because usually when he knows and has an answer, he gives it. And so I, I, can't, I, I can understand why he would walk away from this, this team. Like, you have a good defense, you got some aging stars, some aging superstars, you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a draft pick high enough. You always, and that's the problem with always having a winning season, you never get a low enough draft pick to really draft a franchise quarterback. You, you're never really in the top five in draft order. And, and, and what are you going to trade to get there? Are you willing to trade all your draft capital, get there? That's really not how Pittsburgh has been in the past. No. So I could see him wanting to walk away and get in a better situation where you do have a franchise quarterback, where you do have a chance to, to make some noise in the postseason, where you're not in this gauntlet of an AFC North uh, as it's been. You know, and this AFC North huh. is tough right now. When Joe Burrow comes back, you got Cincinnati. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets back. You, you, you saw what Cleveland was able to do at Pittsburgh. Then you got Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, who just got resigned for a contract. It, 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 Mike McDonald is doing a great job with that defense. So do you want to come back to the AFC North and keep slugging it out every single year? No, there's, there's easier jobs in the world to be doing, and there's easier situations wh- where you don't have to sit there night in and night out trying to drag your team into the playoffs at the end of the year and, and go on a run with teams that are less talented than these teams that they're playing a lot of times. Okay. So to restate my position on Mike Tomlin, I said many times on the show, if I could have played the game you guys played at the highest level, I would want to play for that guy because that guy would make me want to run through brick locker room walls for him. And that guy, from a journalist's point of view, has been the best interview in all of pro football for 17 years because it's always straight from the heart and it's always entertaining and it's clever and it's smart and it's witty and it's just great. And I, I'm just enthralled just listening to him speak in his interviews. It did surprise me that he just cold walked out of, of that question. I, the, the Mike Tomlin I've watched low these many years would have just given some nice non-answer to that question. This isn't the time or whatever, but it showed the depth of, of how this has worn on him because that was a hard grind that he went through this year because he knows he doesn't have a quarterback. And he tried to say some nice things about Mason Rudolph, how he competed and he made smart decisions, but it's, you know, it's Mason Rudolph, man. And you, you hung in there at 24, 17 and you know, you, you just knew inevitably that Buffalo is going to make one more play and you're going to go home a loser. And they did. And I think it just tore him up, and he was in no mood to talk about the near future, but he'll do some exit interview with the media next day or two, and it'll, it'll be great. He'll be right back on track. But I'm with you, Keyshawn, and both of you guys. 
it, it feels like it would be a good time for him to take a break and just kind well, of maybe re- not take maybe not maybe, take maybe a break. Not. Maybe yeah. okay. if something becomes available, you got to think about a lot of times what I've been able to do in my young career in this television business, as well as a player, is I look at coaches. Who do they come underneath? He came underneath Tony Dungy. Yep. Dungy was let go by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the next thing you know, guess what he found? He mm. found a quarterback. Yep. And the rest was history in Indy. It was. So, and he didn't take time off. Mm. He went right from one thing to the next. Same thing with Andy. I mean, it, it, it's just a, you get the downtime for these coaches. This is a light. This is what they do. This is what they do. Sean Payton took off because there was nothing available yep. that made sense that had a quarterback. He thought he had a quarterback in Denver with Russell Wilson. So he said, hey, I'd rather have that because the Charger job was not available yep. at that particular time. Now, maybe he looks back at it and goes, well, if I would have waited one more year, maybe I would have still been, I been in Los waited. Angeles. Yep. Now you look at this situation, and there's an opportunity with all these job openings that maybe one fits with Mike Tomlin, where he wants to be and what he – look, it, first of all, where is he from? He's from the Virginia, D.C. area. So let's not okay. let's not forget about that as a possibility if he decides that he wants to mm-hmm. leave Pittsburgh and go do something else. So those opportunities are going to be there for him. Okay, but it's hard for me to believe the Rooney family would just say, you've been great for us, just go on, we'll forget about the last year of your deal. I don't think they do business that way. Who, who look. Yeah. We didn't think- yeah, well, they haven't done business in a long time with somebody else. I mean, oh. it's been 17 years. And if you <laughs> if you don't if you can't do a favor for a guy who's done as much for that franchise exactly, as Mike Tomlin has done. We just wa- we just watched what the Crabs did with Belichick. What's any different? What's any different between Mr. Crab not seeking compensation for Bill and the Rooney family not seeking compensation for Mike Tomlin? There's okay. no difference. They both but the have Bucks wanted Bill gone. They, they were done. They, they want to move on. Yeah, so, so the, the, yeah, maybe that's the case internally, whatever the case is. Whether the Rooney family decide that they – we don't know if the Rooney family wants to be done with Mike Tomlin or not. So. I think so. We would think not based on their uh, history and how they've done business with their coaches, but we don't know. You don't know. It's been noise coming out of Western Pennsylvania about Mike Tomlin as a head coach for multiple years. Yeah, Former alum, uh, uh, players of the yeah. team speaking That's out true. loudly and, yeah. and people not appreciating what type of coach he is and what he's done for the organization. So we really don't know. I just know this. I would not expect for them to seek compensation if Mike Tomlin decided to say, you know what? I've been here 17 years. I'm a little tired, man. I still want to coach, but I think Y'all deserve to get another coach in here, and let's all get a fresh okay. start. All right. Well, I'd love that be music to my ears because you've already suggested Mike T to Dallas, to Big D, right? I, I mean, if he becomes available, he, yeah, but he, I, I, he leapfrogs I, everybody else. Yep. Yeah, I, I would like him. I think I like him in, in, in what you were saying. I, I hadn't thought about that <clears throat> scenario of him going to the commanders, but they got the number two pick in the draft, which yep. is high enough to get you a franchise quarterback. If you think one of these guys is a franchise quarterback, clearly Caleb Williams does not want to be playing for the Chicago bears. So I, there's some, there should be some smoke and fire to that key. I'm just, I, no one told me anything. I'm just it's suggesting some things. Mm. That's all. I'm just suggesting some things. And I want to suggest no commanders, yes cowboys. We don't don't need to deal with Mike T twice a year in our division. 
What if Philadelphia yeah. becomes available? You just yeah. don't know. You know what? Know. Philadelphia well might become available. You don't know. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the coaching carousel, boy, there are a lot of big names out there. It's a good time to be needing a head coach. Bill Belichick interviewed yesterday by the Atlanta Falcons. Could Dallas be next? No So the Atlanta Falcons announced they have interviewed Bill Belichick. Other teams are rumored to be interested. And, of course, there's runaway speculation that Jerry Jones will fire Mike McCarthy and hire Bill Belichick. So, Keyshawn, which team do you think will hire Bill Belichick? I, there's a lot of openings. I really don't. I, I really don't know, Skip. You know, you 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 hear so much in this workspace that you just don't know. It's, it's surprising that Atlanta would even. But I guess maybe they have to say that they interviewed him for whatever reason. Because Bill's not going to tell you. That's for sure. I was Everything, surprised they announced it. But I think they. I think they may have to for for Rooney Rule purposes. Probably Rooney Rule purposes or whatever. But Bill's not going to tell you. Hey, I'm going to interview with Atlanta. Or, yeah. He's not going to tell you anything. He's probably right. done an interview with multiple teams you by now uh, to some degree. But I, you know, you asked the question. There's so many available teams. I, if I'm one of those teams, I'm looking to hire Bill Belichick unless I have something better. Better options. And I understand where people come from. He hasn't won in quite some time in our eyes in New England since Tom Brady left and all that. They did just win a Super Bowl in 2018. That's not like 2001. I mean, it's, it, it is pretty recent. Right. So when you look at it, you say, okay, perfect situation. I've always thought the Los Angeles Chargers for a number of reasons. The quarterback position. When a guy is 72 years old, and the quarterback has been one of his Achilles heels in New England, yep. you would think, oh, okay, that makes all the sense in the world. And Atlanta has no... And Atlanta doesn't have okay. a quarterback, but they got a, a lot of other little pieces. They do. Running back, a couple big trees at the receiver position, solid defense in a sorry-ass division, although we did see Baker Mayfield on Tampa Bay Buccaneers rise to the occasion last night. Doesn't mean that that's going to carry over into 2024 football season. Carolina Panthers, I just don't see... I don't see him meshing with, with Tepper or the quarterback in Carolina. It just doesn't feel like a good fit. The commanders might be a good fit, but you're starting with a young quarterback again because you got to draft a guy if he, for some reason, doesn't like Sam Howe, but he could always retain Eric Bieniemy if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a head coaching job. Yep. Eric Bieniemy did a pretty decent job with that offense this past season. So, you know, Atlanta's interesting. Atlanta's, Atlanta's an interesting situation because you have an owner. Very similar to Jerry Jones, you know, where he wants to win. Although Jerry has three, Arthur Blank has zero. He's been yeah. in the Super Bowl, I, I believe, since he's been the owner only once. Although they've gone to the Super Bowl twice back in the, in the 90s, but I'm not sure he was the owner back then when the Dirty Birds went to the Super Bowl. But when you look at it, Arthur Blank is very similar to Jerry Jones in, in trying to win one right now. If the Cowboys situation were to open up, uh, I think that's a pretty good – that would be a pretty good choice for him right there. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think this is one of the few opportunities Bill Belichick will get. You know, I don't – I usually everybody's announcing their head coach hires. I think this was something Atlanta 
has to do, but it's something that brings them good press. Hey, we, we interviewed Bill Belichick. We're it taking does. this thing serious. Yeah. And I think they are serious about um, hiring him. That would be a big splash play, you know, in a division that hasn't been great. Um, and and it, would, it would move the needle for this team. Uh, but it would it be good for Bill Belichick and his legacy? I'm not sure because it, it's no franchise quarterback and they're picking eighth in a draft. So I don't know if that's high enough to really get one of the the, the really good quarterbacks. And outside of Tom, it, 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 the de- development of quarterbacks under Bill Belichick hasn't necessarily been the most fantastic in his career. So who do you hire as a coordinator? Who? How do you staff it? How much power? Do, I think Atlanta is one of those places where they would give him all the power he wants because they wouldn't have a choice. You get Bill Belichick, you give him whatever he wants, all the power, all the decision-making ability, and you hope that it, it goes well. And if it doesn't, hey, what do you really lose? Your, your franchise has been in mediocrity pretty much since Dan Quinn left uh, after, after you guys went to that Super Bowl. But I just don't see him interviewing for a lot of jobs. Uh, the same with Pete Carroll just because of the age you know, he, he's he's really only need, he only needs 14 wins uh, to become the all time winningest coach in the history of the National Football League. So I don't know if he coaches too much further past that once he hits that threshold. Uh, so I, that's what I think teams are considering when when thinking about hiring Bill Belichick or looking at coaches. There's all these young coaches in the in the fray. Do you really want to potentially have Bill Belichick for two seasons? Maybe a season and a half if they if they really have some success in one of those seasons. You get a season and a half. That. And I, <laughs> a season, I mean, because if, if he somehow gets 14, 15 wins, like, but that's not. But, he's going to be still coaching, but he's going to be mailing it in. That's that. No, but knowing, knowing him and knowing him very well, he ain't coaching just for the Shula uh-huh. record. Uh-huh. He's not uh-huh. coaching just for the record. He's he he's coaching to try and win a championship along with accomplishing the record along the way. Yeah. Okay, so, Keyshawn, you and I have gone back and forth and round and round about this. I'm not a big Belichick guy. I was a Brady guy. He's not for everybody. And I I just reiterate my stance that Bill without Tom is 64 and 85 as a head coach. And in New England, since Tom left, he went 29 and 38. And he coached that team to one playoff game in the wild card round, which was at Buffalo 2021. And you remember what happened. They got boat raced, to use your term that you love. It was 47 to 17. And Buffalo played the perfect offensive game because they never punted and they scored on every single possession. But you remember that same year, Mm -hmm. Bill and them ran for like 600 yards on in Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but the, right. the point was that that happened in the one playoff game he did get to. So let's deal with the elephant in the room, which is Jerry and Bill. Okay. I try to look at the glasses half full. Would, would Bill bring commanding officer to doubt? Yes, he would. Is he a chip off the Bill Parcells? Yeah. Is he, is he a guy that, that the locker room would sort of, open their eyes and really look up to and respect? Sure. Is he, you could argue, you, you can make the case, I'll give you this, greatest defensive mind ever, I'll, I'll give you that, greatest defensive coordinator, because I think the best thing he ever did for Tom was he coached the defense for Tom, and Tom ended up sort of running the offense. So could, could he make the defense a little better than Dan Quinn has made the Dallas defense? I'll give you that. 
would he be a better head coach than even Mike McCarthy? I, I'm my jury's out on that one, and I don't like McCarthy, but but I, I'm just not sure about Bill Belichick as the head coach. And I'm going to refer quickly to that great piece that they posted on ESPN.com over the weekend about the breakup of the Kraft and Belichick relationship and how. As it points out, Bill convinced Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft that Tom Brady was done in 2019, and they went along with it, and you know what they did? They pushed Tom out the back door, and as Kraft is quoted in the story as saying via a source, you know, and he goes and wins the effing Super Bowl in Tampa. And so Bill's been chasing that all along. Then he and Robert fell completely apart, barely spoke to each other, and it points out that both Robert and Jonathan would sarcastically refer to Bill as the, let me get the quote exactly right, the great intelligent man, sarcastically. Okay, so that's, you're going to have to deal with with all that sort of baggage that that started to grow in New England. Is is that the guy that you want to take over your franchise? Are you going to cede control of your franchise? Well, what would he bring to you? Well, if you just want box office, most people think he's the greatest coach ever. So if, if you hire Bill Belichick, is it going to put some butts in the seats to start the year? Sure it will, because you'll think, here we go, Super Bowls, here we come. So I, I give you all that, but I'm just not sure he's right for Jerry. I don't think Bill Parcells was right for Jerry. So I don't know how Bill Belichick could be right for Jerry. You know, it, it all depends on what Jerry is looking for. Is he looking for some stability? Is he looking for some discipline? Is he looking for a head coach that has everything right? If that's what he's looking yeah, for, I, I, I buy then that, that. That, yeah. that, that yep. would be the guy. I, I, I just know when you start talking about discipline, it's not, again, it's not snapping the whip and going crazy on people. and doing. It's not that. It's just situational football. That's called discipline. I know right now this is getting ready to happen because... We've done it so many times, it's embedded in my skull, okay? So I know, here we go. This is what we're getting ready to do. We're going to kick here. We're going to throw here. We're going to run here. We're going to do an onside kick if we hit the ball. You already know certain things. That, to me, is discipline. When I know, hey, if I jump off sides, chances are if I do it one too many times, he's going to have a conversation with me. But he's also going to have a conversation with the general manager and the owner yeah. to try to find a replacement. That is discipline. That's not, you know, if people think when you discipline players or, or you are or, or, or stern with a player that that's the wrong way to approach it. That's the only way I know. I only know, hey, man, if you mess up, you, your ass going to get cut. Mm. That's the only way I know. That's, that's it. That's the way I have success. Yeah, I- that's the way I, other people that I know have had success. That's the only way I know Steve Young's had success. That's the only way I know Michael Irvin has had success because he knows certain things you're going to pay for. That's just that's the reality of it. Yeah, and the I, Cowboys I, may I, need that. I just don't. I don't think that. I, I don't think he moves the needle forward for the Cowboys. I think he moves it backwards. Um, just because his offensive acumen, you know, they've been pretty solid on, on defense. They, you know, I, I think Bill Belichick would make some better decisions down the stretch and 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 derive some really impressive game plans in the playoffs. He has done so. That's his track record, no question. But offensively, some of the decisions that he's made in terms of coordinators, in terms of the systems that they've run, have been real real head-scratchers. So you would go from the number one offense in the National Football League 
to whatever happens from Bill Belichick, because you can technically only go down from there. You know, you, you can't go from one to above one. There's no above that. So no matter what, you're going to be regressing. And rarely does a, a guy go from the number one quarterback leading the league and touchdowns, get a new coordinator and say, I'm going to go above that and, and do better than that. I'm sure it's happened in the history of the National Football League, but it's rare. Uh, so I hear what you're saying about Belichick, but I think what you're saying is well-coached teams because there, there are situations where, where these things happen and teams are just well-coached because these are habits that you build over and over and over. And, and I guess, you know, you can lump that in with discipline, but that's lumping, making discipline an all-encompassing thing. I think discipline comes down to, to, to how you, you know, discipline is cracking the whip and saying, hey, my way or the highway, if you don't do this right, I will get rid of you. That's the hard-nosed discipline that a lot of coaches have had. I'm sure we had discipline in Seattle, but if I got a penalty on a play, I'm not sitting there worried about Pete Carroll sitting there replacing me. You know, I, he yeah, said play one as penalty, hard as you can. One penalty you were not. Ten penalties, you were. Right. One penalty you were yeah. not. Right, Ten, right, right. you were. But, but it's... It's just like Tyler Smith right now with, with, with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't, I, you know, I'm sure he could be more disciplined, but do you, you know, do you say, hey, Tyler Smith, you're not more disciplined. You don't do this right. You get another penalty. We're going to bench you. I, I just don't think that's you the way clean, the National Football League works anymore. Up, though. You, get, you get a coach like a Belichick, for instance, they clean that up. They teach you how to become a, a better uh, a player, and if you don't clean it up and you keep getting penalties and keep doing the same things over and over again, guess what? No matter how good you are, you're hurting the team. And the ultimate goal at the end of the day is to win a championship. You talk about, Richard, you talk about playoffs and, and his performance skip since uh, Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. I think we all could agree. Mac Jones was not the answer, nope. man. I don't care if it was Matt Patricia. I don't care if it was Joe Judge. I don't care if it was Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels. The player is just not a good quarterback not. in the National Football League. Let's just be honest. I understand his rookie year, he dinked and he dunked. He his, his efficiency was great because all they did was throw the ball within five yards. Yep. They didn't really push the ball down the field. Right. And you say, well... He hadn't had success. Yep. They had training wheels on him because they didn't want to take the training wheels off of him because they realized, uh-oh, this isn't what we thought it was. We made a mistake at the quarterback position. Yep. It wasn't just the coaching. It was the quarterback position as well. All right. There's a difference with Dak Prescott. That's they got a real quarterback. Okay, so last quick question. Could Jerry, who can sell ice to the Eskimos, convince Mike McCarthy to stay on as offensive no. coordinator and bring in Bill? No. Well, Why would I, I do that? Well, you no. could if you paid Mike enough. No. 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 Man, 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 you're not going to. What is this, the Philadelphia Eagles? You're getting ready to demote a, me as a head coach. That's a weird coach. house. Man, please, I'm out of here, deuces. Uh, really? Everybody, I'm out of here. I'm out of here, deuces, Skip. No, Mike's got a pretty cushy You're trying to dream there. up a perfect Situation. Well, won't you keep Dan Quinn as a DC, move Mike to the OC, and bring in Belichick? Won't you just do that then? Yeah, but Bill doesn't need Dan mm. Quinn. He doesn't. That happens. No. He doesn't. <laughs> I can't believe it came out your mouth, man. Why? About Mike McCarthy being the OC. I love that idea. He's not. <laughs> I mean, you got the best of both worlds. Oh, right? God, stop. Okay. You trying to figure any way to get the New Orleans next year, huh? 
It is. It's on Fox in New Orleans next year. That's what I'm yeah, saying. You buy a plane ticket and, and, and yeah. buy a, a, a ticket. I can't believe By the way, we, we did win our first two Super Bowls in New Orleans. So, I don't know. What years was that? It was a little while ago. But oh, it was okay. All right. Okay, we got to talk what used to be the Los Angeles Lakers. Speaking of long-ago teams, did they flash their championship potential again last night? And now... Do Keyshawn and Richard believe in them? Or are they back on the bandwagon? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Don't back down. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Karloff. Mike McCarthy running late to clock in for his UPS job next season. <laughs> this year, this year, well, at least he's working, though. He's, <laughs> working. he's working. That's I good. told you I was trying right. to keep him in my coordinator. Uh, UPS is good. Man, hard-working dude. At least I get my package on time. <laughs> By the way, Kevin James could right. play Michael McCarthy in the movie. Right, he's going to be coordinating the packages. Right? Coordinating the packages. Man, y'all need to stop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next tweet, Sid M. <laughs> Cowboys and Eagles fans around the nation replacing damaged TVs after wild card weekend. I, I agree. Mine took a little beating on Sunday. I think. The epidemic. Yeah, it was an epidemic. And finally, from Eric Jamel. Dan Quinn at his next head coaching interview exp- <laughs> explaining his game plan against the Packers. That's Steve Carell, of course, in the office. Uh, Dan, how did it get to 48 to 16 with six minutes left in the game? I didn't throw that pick. Yeah. He did. Oh, oh okay. A yeah. simple, simple explanation. I didn't throw the pick. He did. Okay. Back to business. Back to the Lakers. We haven't talked Lakers in a while here on the show. They did beat the Oklahoma City Thunder pretty convincingly last night here in L.A. That was for the second time beating the Thunder in 23 days, beat the Thunder in OKC on December 23rd. The Thunder came into last night's game 27-11, and 11, believe it or not. That was second in the West. Thunder are legit. So now back to Keyshawn and Richard, lifelong Laker fans. Keyshawn, you first, please. Did the Lakers look to you last night like legit championship contenders? I, I, I mean, they did at times. I think when you look at it, though, I'm looking for more consistency. I'm looking for the consistency, obviously, from LeBron and AD. But then Reeves and Candelo cut down on here. Five turnovers last night. I need that number to just drop a little bit for me. Yeah. And can he continue to do some of the things that he's been doing? And then can we get the guys off the bench? Second half. When you look at the second half and you look at the numbers on the second half side of things, LeBron James, uh, 17, he had 17 of his 25 in the second half. Okay, Good. so he was he was 8 of 10 from the field. And then AD, on the other hand, he played big. He was 5 of 7 with 15 points in the second half. Yep. They played pretty good defense, solid and sound. Although I would say this, they've been up and down for the most part here over the last month or so. Yep. Can they, by the time we get to all-star break, can they kind of take a time off, rethink, recalibrate? Maybe there is a, a Zach Levine in the future coming. If he can get healthy and we can make some trades by not giving up Austin Reeves in that mix, then, yeah, I think they can potentially be a championship contending type team. But we got to stay consistent, Skip. Mm. I understand you like OKC. And you like what they've been able to do. And so we think because we beat them, we're all of a sudden 
have arrived to a whole nother but level. You, but you beat them at their place. Too. I was going to say, and I was about to say, we beat yeah. them before. Yeah. We won the in-season tournament. You did. But what I'm and, not and by going, the way, just a couple of weeks ago, you beat the Clippers right here But in what I'm not going to do yeah. is do like you and Michael Irvin. Mm -hmm. Start talking about championship, championship this and that because you won one game. I'm not going to do that. They got a long ways to go. A long right. ways to go. Richard. Uh, and I agree with Key. I, I want, as a Laker fan, I want to be biased and I want to say, yeah, we, we are on our way, Skip. But in order to win a championship, you have to win 16 out of 28 games in a short amount of time. Yep. Skip, we've played 40 games and we ain't won 28. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we ain't won. I mean, we're we 20 and 21 right now. You are. So I, I, I'm not seeing a time. We don't, we don't have the consistency right now that I can trust. We can go into series and beat teams four out of seven times over and over and over and over. I haven't seen that kind of consistency from this Lakers team. I've seen a team that can 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 wake up and, and go when it's a tournament game. I, I, where they could turn it on and they could play at a high level and they could win, 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 win. But in, in a playoff, in a playoff series, you have to be able to win four out of the seven games. And yep. we have not shown the ability to win four out of the seven games at any point of the season. At any point, have we won four out of seven games and, and done it over and over, week after week after week, like you'll have to do in the playoffs. So until we do that, we show that kind of consistency, I, I, I can't put my trust in them. I'm a fan. I want the Lakers to win a championship. But at, at 20 and 21, sitting at the 10 seed, it's hard for me to even, in my, in my biased goggles, see a path where we're going to go, hey, we're going to run through the playoffs and go win an NBA championship. I, I'm having a hard time finding that vision. Okay. I'm not a Laker fan. I'll come at it a little more objectively. I still really like this basketball team as is. I don't think they need to add anybody except Gabe Vincent, who is on their roster and cannot get healthy. He finally needed a knee scope that they should have had probably earlier. He can play. He, he really was crucial to Miami's rotation. He's a big shot taker and maker, and they need somebody who can shoot to complement LeBron. And I don't think the, the stage would be too big for him alongside LeBron because sometimes guys come in here and LeBron passes you the ball for an open three, and you're like, I don't know if I can make this. Gabe Vincent will make those shots, and I still don't know why he can't get back on the floor, some knee issue. Usually when you get it scoped, you can get back and – you know, three, four weeks and still no word about him. But if they get him back and get him right, I think they're going to be a factor in the postseason as long as LeBron obviously stays healthy. He's had the issue with his ankle. AD has to stay healthy. He's always got something going on with him. But I He's keep been pretty seeing, good this year. He though. has been. He has been. I, I give you that. We've had these moments where it looks like, uh-oh, there he goes, and then he sucks it up and plays. So the point is they keep flashing their potential in the in-season tournament, in the finals against Indiana. They, they just went out and suffocated Indiana with defense at the highest level. They came in here against the Clippers and just said, no, no, not in your house or ours. Well, it's not their house. They're renting from us. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, whosever house it is, they just said no. And they really showed me something. And now twice – I. Again, I watch Oklahoma City like crazy because they're fun to watch. The, the Lakers handled them fairly easily both times where they look like a young, overmatched basketball team up against 
LeBron and AD. Well, the one thing that AD yeah. did was he, he, in the perimeter side of things, he didn't take as many threes as you he did not. wanted him to. Nor did LeBron. Or, or, nor did LeBron, no. as people thought he probably would. What he did do is he played big underneath the basket. And I think the aggressive nature yeah. of slamming the ball and just being did. a high-flying wiring act, yeah. that goes a long ways. That's kind of what you want to see yeah. with him. I don't need him out there at three. Yeah, every now and then you can knock one down because you can, yeah. but I don't need you shooting eight, nine, and ten of them a game. Yeah. Don't need it. Hey, Chet Holmgren right. can block right. shots, and he went in and just terrorized Chet Holmgren. It, it, Chet got three blocks last night, but he just looked like a stick figure up against AD. Okay, so the, right, he's a little guy. He, he, he's 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 a long little guy, but oof. but the point is, I don't know if this is an indictment of them where they keep showing you they can do this. But Keyshawn, last week you you said you talked to an NBA source and you said, well, they they just don't have any players around LeBron and AD, and you sort of dismiss this guy and this guy and this guy. I I like all those guys. I don't know who your source was. But I'm but, not but asking, you but, you 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 yeah. you we like them too. Yeah. But when you look at the rosters are the teams that they got to go up against. That was his point to me. Yeah. Is the roster. Take the Clippers, for instance. Just even though they beat the Clippers. They did. Look at that. PG, Kawhi, no matter what you think about Westbrook, coming off the bench and playing the way he's been playing. Playing great And right then now. You, the beard. You don't like the beard. And then you, you, so when you look at that, those guys know how to play basketball in crucial situations yep. in crunch time and all of those things. And if they continue to align together, you go. <laughs> and then if somehow Phoenix clicks. Yeah. And, and, and KD and company click. Yeah. That, that was his whole point. Okay. They got high level guys across the board. Yeah. Where you, the Lakers got NBA players. Hey. With, high, with two high-level guys. Okay, but Jared Vanderbilt can play defense. Rui will get up in you and play hard-nosed defense. That I, I still like the makeup of that. Tarian Prince will play defense. Well, I, hey. but, but is it championship makeup? Or is it just is it good NBA basketball and, and, makeup? And that's and that's the thing. They 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 show flashes of that, but flashes don't get you a championship. It has to be consistent, like he said. We don't have we don't do it at a consistent enough level. We don't put the ball in the basket at a consistent enough level. I didn't even mention right Denver for us to I didn't get. I even mention Denver. Yeah, and still he didn't there. even mention. You know, Denver. so it's yeah. like I, I get what you're saying, Skip. Yeah, I, I love the Lakers. I love everything that we're capable of doing. But these other teams, like I said, they got high level cats across the board. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about Memphis, and I don't think you're going to have to worry about Golden State. So those are two in your favor. Sacramento. They're there, and they're coming. All right, I can't wait for this. Been waiting all show for this. Really? Our man Bubba Dub joins us to trash talk <sighs> his Dallas Cowboys. That's next. You still on? No mercy. No mercy. Oh, here we go. We are now joined by our man Bubba Dub from Dallas, the ultimate trash talker who's about to have a whole lot to say about Sunday's Dallas Cowboy nightmare. Morning, Bubba. Morning, morning, morning. How are everybody doing? Probably better than you are. Key, but key don't start. Key, yeah, don't he's start. about to start. I ain't say nothing, man. My mouth is closed. Yeah. Don't so, start. Bubba, you start. Just how bad was Sunday? 
Terrible, Skip. I'm talking about terrible. I had a barbecue going halftime. I sent everybody home. Go home. <laughs> I can't believe what I saw. Good. Yep, I couldn't either. I cannot believe what I saw. If I'm Jerry Jones, you keep saying you want a Super Bowl. I can't tell. The clock is ticking on you, Jerry. Mm -hmm. You ain't getting no younger. No. Bill Bill Belichick out there. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jim Harbaugh out there. Jim two winners, two yep. cheaters. Go get them. Go get them. I want to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, y'all did lose to a seven seed. The first time in the NFL in history, history, a seventh seed yeah. has gone on to be a number two yeah, seed. The first time a two seed has ever lost. Yeah. We don't have a leader. We do not have a leader. No. You're not going to win without a leader. Simple. Simple as that, Keith. I don't care what stats you put out there. Two turnovers. And you in that time, he was shocked. You think? You can lead him. Lead the team. Michael Parsons, you on your podcast every week. Where you at this Sunday? Good point. Mm. So, Bubba, could you go all the way to your favorite word when it comes to Mike McCarthy? Is he that trash. word? Trash. Super trash. Super New trash. word. Super, Super trash. trash. He can take his Pepsi AC and get out the building. <laughs> he can go. So what about Dan Quinn and the defense, though? Everybody yeah. seems to be go. piling in. He can go. All that. Go. The fans talking about we want Dan Quinn? Never. Send him back to the Falcons. <laughs> the defense can't stop a nosebleed. So what you want? What will satisfy I, your I taste buds? I want Jim Harbaugh or I want Bill Belichick. We got the team. We need a legal. Mm -hmm. We need a legal key. You played in the professional. You played in the NFL 10 years. A great wide receiver at that. Over 10,000 receiver yards. You know what we need. You know it. <laughs> No, you you don't want us to get what we need I, because man, then you're going to be in trouble. Well, I've heard this many Super times trouble. from both you mm -hmm. and Skip that y'all with the championship, all this, that, and the other. You know, some of the onus is on some of the players too now, man. Everything can't Correct. be just on the coaching staff. Players have got to Correct. come to play. They got to step up. They've got to overcome. Sometimes you got to overcome coaches' mistakes. You just do. I mean, not you know, all the time. No, Not all the time, though, it was 12 and 5. You had the number two seed. What you mean? Correct. You, that Correct. coach coached you to the number two seed at 12 and 5. Sometimes players have got to overcome some obstacles that get in the way. It ain't all on the coach. You can't do this all the time. So you need a leader. 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 They don't have one. Is it Mike? Is it Jerry? Is it that? They don't know. They don't know. They don't know, Keith. That's, you keep talking about they need the players. Yeah, we know the players got to go out there and do the job. Coaches coach and players play. So where, do you, go, where do you go from here then? Where do you go from here then with the Cowboys? Well, it should have started Sunday night. After the game with Jerry and his son were walking. Let me highlight you, Mike. What's going on, Jerry? It started right there. I agree. I'm, I'm with you on this. So you want to get rid of him right now too, Skip? I'll do it. Absolutely. I would have fired him after the game. I, I would have fired him at halftime. Bubba, you've been watching this team for a long time. Explain, you know, tell me your emotions when it got to 27 to nothing before halftime. What were you thinking? I couldn't believe my eyes. It's like, how could that Jordan happen? Love look, Jordan Love looked like discount double check. 
Did don't he? Aaron Rodgers still play for Tackle? He, he was better than discount double check. Zero sacks. Zero oh. sacks. They couldn't get to him. He was throwing off his back foot. Yeah. Well, only Mahomes does that, A-Rod. He throwing off his back foot, That's dropping true. dimes. That's exactly right. Dropping dimes all over us. Oh, man. So what what about Dak? What are can you live Look, with him? We're not gonna we're not gonna find another quarterback in the draft right now that's better than Dak that we can get. So we stuck with him for now. Yeah. But he's on a short lease. Yeah. He's on a short lease. You a starting quarterback. You playing against the Packers. This your time to come out and shine and elevate. You fold like a launcher. You fold. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you agree that in his first year of starting, Jordan Love looked better than Dak Prescott? Look way better. More poised in the he pocket. Did. He looked at Dak looked he looked like a better there. quarterback. Just a better player. Dak was sweating like a honey baked ham first quarter. <laughs> the game just started. It was, it was just he was what lost, man. He was lost. Yeah, I, I I had the I enjoyed the game with yes, the playmaker and, and we watched yeah. it together and I love watching yeah. the, the agony and just the even though agony. I picked the Cowboys, I knew in the back of my mind that they could drop it. I, I just knew in the back of my mind they could cowboy it is what I call it. Yeah. Cowboys are gonna cowboy it. Yeah, but th- that you're not gonna win when your quarterback throw the ball sixty times. Skip. Yeah, you're no, not you're gonna not gonna win, gonna win when yeah. the quarterback is throwing the ball sixty and times. The, the other right. quarterback threw it twenty one and you're was right. like eighteen or twenty one. Yep, I got you. So Bubba, would you sum it up for us and say that Sunday was one big super duper trash? Absolutely. Yeah, dud. I mean, we 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 are dumbfounded by this skip. We look. I figured we were going to win one playoff game. Honestly, I feel like we are going to win one playoff game and just maybe one. get knocked out of the second round. Just what I thought. Okay. But to go down to Green Bay? Yeah. Don't, I don't know none of them receivers up there, Keith. Do you? Yeah, I don't I know now receivers. receiver. I, know now. I do. I know him very well. Yeah. <laughs> and the one that I know ripped y'all a new you-know-what in yeah. Romeo Dobbs. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. And um, Bland, where you at? You led the league in interception. Well, yeah, when I need you to know, I need you to quiet. step up and be that guy. Yep. You're not him. Very quiet. Okay, Bubba, we love you. We we missed you here on the show. Look forward to having you back. Yeah, I'm, I'm better I'm, times. I'm gonna need to get that. I need my meal. I need I'm my need, meal. No, I'm gonna need mine. I'm gonna no, need mine. The Cowboy beat the Eagles by 20. Don't forget, that was the bet. Papa Dole. You ain't getting off the hook. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Bubba. We got to get back to what happened last night because Baker Mayfield now goes into the lion's den. We got a question. Could he emerge victorious? That'd be something. Yeah. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. If the Bucs hadn't dropped five passes last night in the first half, the game would have been over at halftime because the Eagles looked like they had a lot of quit in them. Even so, Bucks did wind up beating the Eagles 32-9 as Baker Mayfield threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns without an interception. Would you believe Baker Mayfield is now 2-1 and one in playoff games while Dak is 2-5 and five and Lamar is 1-3? and three. Do you remember how many times I sat in this very seat vehemently defending Baker against allegations that he was a first overall pick bust? Look at him now. Yet now the Bucs are six-point underdog Sunday at Detroit. Richard, you played for the Buccaneers. What shot do you give these guys of pulling off the upset? 
Well, they got a decent shot, Skip, uh, because a lot of the championship pedigree that they've had, a lot of the guys that went to that Super Bowl when they won it with Tom Brady are still there. Yeah. Mike Evans is still there. Chris mm-hmm. Godwin's still there. Tristan Wirfs is still there. Yeah. On, on defense, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis are still there. Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, is having a Pro Bowl, All-Pro year. He didn't, he didn't get the Pro Bowl for some reason, but he was All-Pro like he should be. Um, Levante David, the, 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 he's as buccaneer as it comes. He's been yeah. great this year. He's been great most of his career. Devin White's still there. And so Vita Vea is still there. Vita Vea. Um, Shaq Barrett, all these guys are still there, and they've been to a championship. They know what it takes to win this game. And I know Detroit went and beat them earlier this season, but as we all know, the playoffs are a different beast. And Baker is playing like he has nothing to lose because he doesn't. He's on house money. I think he's made, you know, he had all these incentives in his deal. Everybody said he signed for only $4 million. He's made $2.8 million, I think, on incentives by winning the division, winning the playoff game, taking his team to the playoffs, certain, certain stats that uh, marks that he hit. So he's made himself some money, and I'm sure he's made himself a lot more money in terms of the contract he's going to get next season from this team. And I don't think they feel like this Detroit team is is really unbeatable. You know, this Detroit team has lost some games. They seem very mortal at times, and they feel great. They, they won the first game for Detroit in 30 years. It's a great feeling. They have a chance to go to an NFC championship. But this this Tampa Bay team is dangerous. Mm, all good points. Go no, very, very, very yeah. dangerous. Now, do I think that the Bucks are going to go into, as you call it, skip the Lions' den mm-hmm. and come out, prevail with a victory? And, and I'm assuming it will be San Francisco that they will uh, wind up playing. I, I don't know because Detroit is on a different type of mission. Yeah, they squeaked one out against the Rams with some questionable calls down the stretch by Sean McVay and company. But in the end, they still won the game. A win is a win is a win at home. They get their second straight playoff game at home, something that we haven't seen with them in quite some time, if ever. Um, Baker Mayfield made himself some money this season, no question about it. When you look up last night, he hit nine different receivers for that 337 yards. None of those receivers were over 100 yards. Cade Iden had 11 attempts, and I think he had eight receptions on the night. That's the tied in. So it wasn't like he was getting the football to the receivers, something that has lacked in Detroit in their secondary. They've been giving up the goods in a passing game. But I think Aaron Good, uh, Aaron Glenn and company certainly are going to put a game plan together to try and slow down Baker Mayfield from having the success that he had against the Philadelphia Eagles. Detroit's front seven is much better than Philadelphia's front seven. Agreed. So you're going to bring different type of pressure packages and bring some heat to help your secondary out at times. So I, I don't know that it'll be a six-point win, but I think that in the end, Detroit will wind up going to San Francisco. But wouldn't it be something if, in fact, Baker Mayfield winds up in the NFC Championship game? I mean, that would be something in itself in the story because many people, like you said, had basically wrote him off as a guy who would just be a lifetime journeyman in the National Football As Faker Mayfield. That's all I ever heard. Faker Mayfield. Faker Mayfield. Look at him now. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good story for him. It's a good story, and it'd be a great story yeah. if they could somehow get out of Detroit alive. And I do give him a chance, and Richard got me percolating like my blood started to boil again. I'm a Baker guy. I admit it. But everything Richard said 
is, is so dead on the money about this team. It's not just Baker. They do love playing with and for him, obviously. But, man, there's a lot of pedigree over there. And Todd Bowles has it, too. And I love the way he called his defense last night because he said, Jalen's beat up. We're, we're just going after him. And they went after him all night long and kept him on his back foot. And they went 0 for 9 on third down and <laughs> 0 for 11 on third and fourth down. Well, that'll win you a lot of football games. So I just – I'm going heart over head here because my head tells me you're right, Keyshawn, that Detroit's just – they've just done too much. But I, I keep remembering that game, which I sh- it should have caught my eye more, but Thanksgiving, we had a show. And then I go back. I'm having Thanksgiving, actually, lunch with Ernestine and her sister. And I keep looking at the Detroit game the traditional Detroit home game on Thanksgiving, and this team from Green Bay is just just dismantling them at home. And it was pretty much over at halftime. And I thought, how how is that happening? Well, again, does it show you that Detroit is vulnerable a little bit at home? Seattle went there and beat them early in the year, took overtime. Well, they've had a couple of head scratchers both on the road and at home this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So are they they gettable? Sure, they're gettable. No, they are. They they can be beaten, Skip. There's no question about it. But when you think about what they like to do with Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator, they like to run the football. They like to play action pass game. And what is it that the Buccaneers like to do? They like to blitz. So what negates the blitz game? Screens in the run game. That's another thing. Ben Johnson loves to do. He likes yeah. to get the ball. It's uh, Amon Ra. I always want to say mm-hmm. something else, but Amon Ra say Brown in this screen game. So it slows and takes the blitzing out of the equation for Ty Bowles and company. It's going to be a real chess match between those two all right, all right. to try to figure things out. Yeah. I think this is the best case scenario for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of a second round opponent because they do stop the run really well. Vita Vea in the middle. Will Golston. In the middle, those guys have done this for a long time, and they've done it together. They are going to stop the run. And what? when does does Jared Goff struggle? It's when he gets hit over and over and over, and you're physical with him. And then his demeanor changes everything. So Todd Bowles expect at least six or seven zero pressures. And whether they get home and get a sack or not, they're going to hit Jared Goff and knock him to the ground. So that's the kind of game plan. Todd Bowles is diabolical when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback. Love it. Can't wait. Okay, up next, is this finally the year Dan Quinn lands a head coaching job and leaves Dallas? Wouldn't bother me a bit. (laughs) Now you go run the coach out of town, man. You just had him as a number one defense at the beginning of the season. Now you're ready for him to run out of town. Skip, come on. No mercy. Reportedly, Dan Quinn will interview with five teams this week who are looking for a new head coach. That includes Seattle, where, of course, Dan Quinn coordinated Richard Sherman's defense. Richard, does Dan land one of these jobs? Yeah, I I have a hard time seeing him get out of the building in Seattle. I know they have to interview other guys, but I would would assume that that is a hand-in-glove fit, a perfect fit for him, a perfect situation, a perfect transition uh, from Pete Carroll to another uh, Seattle, great coach. So I, I think that's the spot. Yeah, so he, he'll get hired by somebody this cycle. Uh, it, it most likely, based on even what Richard is saying, is going to probably be Seattle. But Skip, like I said to you before, oh, I can coach Bryce Young. Oh, I can coach I, Sam Howell. I, oh, I really like this better. Justin Herbert. Think yeah. about what we did with Matt Ryan. <laughs> He's going to sell himself. 
to get one of these jobs okay, as well. Have, have we ever had this many big names on the market on the coaching carousel with Jim Harbaugh and Belichick and Pete time. Carroll and maybe even Mike Tomlin? I, I don't know. All of a sudden, Dan Quinn, is it harder to sell that you were down 27 to nothing in your playoff game to Green Bay, prisoner of the moment? Yeah, I didn't throw those picks. Yeah. That had nothing to do with me. They gave him a short field. What you want me to do? All right. I did everything I was supposed to do. Right. My defensive end, he didn't do what I needed him to do. My linebacker, uh, he missed a few gaps. That, that okay. was a conversation. Keyshawn, it was 48 to 16 <laughs> at one point. It's just hey. hard to sell. Might be hard to sell hey, to your fandom. Right here. Right? This is what's okay. going on right now. Okay, well, is it? I mean, can he measure up if you got shots at all these other big-time head coaches? He'll be in Seattle. He can in Seattle. Yeah. He will in Seattle. All right. Well, good thing. Okay. That is it for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 930 Eastern. And I hope Mike McCarthy is gone because I can't. You're so mean, man. <laughs>